What's up, Sell Anywhere listeners, and of course, viewers on the YouTube channel. Uh, this is Donnie Tuttle, your host, and Sell Anywhere. I don't know what I am. Am I, am I a genius? I don't think so, but I'm just someone who's gone through the battle and uh, got the scars to prove it. And now here I am helping you to lead from anywhere and to sell from anywhere because your talent should not be limited to your zip code. Today, I have with me someone super cool. Uh, I met her, surprise, on LinkedIn. And before we even get into what she does, because that's the first party question we all get, right? Uh-uh, not here on Sell Anywhere. I'm just gonna say the name, Aaron Deal. Aaron, the real deal. Uh, welcome to the Sell Anywhere podcast. And before you tell us what you do, tell us where you're at. Yes, I love it. I am in Charleston, South Carolina. So interesting fact. I can't wait to talk about this. And thanks so much for having me, Donnie. Okay. And even more specifically, you're in Charleston, South Carolina. And one of the reasons why I really love the conversation already, please tell us your physical location. Where Where is that at? <laughs> in my podcasting closet. <laughs> That's it. That's how we do the anywhere thing, ladies and gentlemen. We are resourceful. We find the spaces and places that can make it happen. And is there a place that's more soundproof in anywhere, right, than a closet? Are you kidding me? That's awesome. That's right. Thank you. Thank that's you. Awesome. All right, Aaron, um, you, I saw you on uh, LinkedIn. We were part, we, we were, I think, sharing some stuff back and forth and, um, not only was I in love with the content that you were sharing uh, and the heart that you were sharing it from, but I, I feel like your mission, right? The people that you serve and what you want to bring them to and what you want to bring them uh, from. Can you, can you talk to us a little bit about who you serve and how? Yeah. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you. Cause sometimes you feel like you're putting, you know, content out there into the abyss. But I, I truly keep feeling like just keep showing up, keep showing up um, and serving. So I serve, my company serves my, I'm the founder of a company called Improve It. And we primarily, our clients specifically are HR professionals, talent development professionals, learning and development professionals, um, but we serve their people. So it could be anywhere from an accounting department to an IT department to a department of sales managers uh, within organizations, but we serve professionals in a B2B setting and help them improve their soft skills through improvisational comedy. Whoa, what, what, what did you just, that was a hard right or a hard left. I'm not sure what it was, but yeah. da, 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 da. Improv improvisational comedy, like people, like I'm sure some people's, uh, you know, spines just now got whiplash here. Connect the two for us, Aaron, because yeah, uh, yeah. I love it. I'm, so I'm gonna help you with the whiplash. Okay, let's let's stand back up. You're gonna be fine. Uh, I know that's what happens when people hear improv. They get their armpits get sweaty. They get nervous. But I will say I'm a product of exposure therapy to improv and it helping me become my best self professionally. So essentially, what we do is we take the tips and the tricks from the stage and then we apply them into a professional setting. So truly, there's an art form 
to improvisation. And we take that form, we take the, the techniques that it takes to be a very good improviser on stage, we pull those apart, and then we combine them and sort of marry them, if you will, with the traits of a great professional or a great human. And we train on things like effective communication, team building, leadership, presentation skills, networking, thinking quickly on your feet, taking initiative, creative risks. Those are just a variety of our workshops. We have 11 different ones, but we truly see that an improviser has to not only suspend judgment on stage, but they have to take what has been said and add to it. If you take that same fundamental and put it into context in a professional setting, that's what makes a great leader. That's what great makes a great salesperson. That's what makes a great manager. And so that's really why we exist, to help people see that correlation between the two and help them to see the potential in themselves by actually doing and experiencing what it feels like to do it correctly. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Um, <clears throat> by, by the way, this is, this is actually something that I've been having uh, uh, inklings of thought to move towards, right? Just, uh, I, I feel like that's been one of my greatest talents and gifts is the ability to think on my feet. Um, why do you feel like that's important for people now specifically? Why, why, is, why, is, that, why is that an important skill? Like, what are, the, what are the places where that comes in handy to make, I think, as you said, good leaders and good humans. Oh, daddy. I mean, let's just call 2020 what it is. The uh -huh. year of, <laughs> of thinking quickly on your feet. I mean, if anyone is a leader of a team, of one person, of a leader of your family, I mean, any person who is in charge of another human being, if you're in charge of a plant, you are a leader. Okay. So <laughs> let's just say this. If this year has taught us anything, it's that we have to be agile. We have to pivot. We, I mean, that word is like, we, the word of 2020 is pivot, which is essentially thinking quickly on your feet, coming up with new ideas on the spot, trying them, failing, being okay with failure, and then reassessing where you're at from that failure and trying again. So it applies to, I think, every single person. If in any capacity, I don't even think it has to be a leader. Just thinking quickly on your feet is a skill that can come in handy in any life situation, any work situation, especially in a global pandemic. Mm. All right. So many questions. Took a, so took many a turn. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I believe, by the way, that this is the, this is the age of the innovator. Yeah. If you cannot innovate, it's like, I, I don't know, I don't know what you're going to do. And I think that these cycles are going to continue to happen. And, and those of you who have the skill of innovating, of recreating from what, like the bricks that just fell down and building something new from it, and then doing it again and again and again, and doing something that is useful to other people, right? Not just making something, but doing something that's useful to other people. This is the time where you're getting rewarded for that. Mm. This is the age for that. All right, back to the, the, the this thing because I'm I'm hearing so many people in my brain, so many people probably that I've worked with. Like I feel like I would be comfortable naturally in that scenario because I don't like it. Maybe it's the I don't care that I if I look goofy. Or yeah. Whatever. Um. 
but I can almost imagine some people saying, Aaron, that's like the maybe, yeah, maybe for you, entertainer, on the stage type people, I'm more reserved. Uh, that's like the, that, like I'm, my palms are getting sweaty just even thinking about it. Like, is that for everyone? Can everyone step into that? Like different personality yeah. styles, talk to me. Totally. I get this question all the time. I mean, it's probably one of the number one questions that we get, especially in a sales scenario when talking to clients, because, um, you know, teams are very dynamic. You have a set of introverts, you have sets of extroverts, you have people who get terrified who, when they hear they have to public speak, right? So um, it's very interesting because some of the greatest improvisers, and even think about this, the actors that you know that are famous comedians, they're actually super introverted in real life. And what really makes something funny is the truth in comedy. So you don't have to be this big boisterous joke teller. Actually, the people who think that they're funny and friends tell them that they're funny start off at improv sucking the most because you're not there to tell a joke. You're there to listen to what's been said, add to it and create something together. So the goal of improv is to make the other person and your scene partners on stage look good. And that's what happens, especially in our workshops is we have groups of 20 or some, you know, we'll do anywhere in person. Now we're virtual, but we'll do anywhere in person from 10 to hundreds of people. And they walk in individuals and they walk out after a two hour session, this collective group of people who've just gone through this really cool shared experience that can never again be recreated. So improv as a teaching tool is actually one of the most inclusive things that you could do with your organization or with your team, because it is all about helping each other making each other feel heard and collectively doing something together versus individually. So we always tell people we're not there to make them bark like a dog and look silly in front of people. Although we do have a chicken hat in our physical workshops in person and we do do the chicken dance virtually online. That's just to help people get comfortable with the uncomfortable quicker, but we really aren't there to embarrass people. It is truly for them to be guided out of their comfort zones and do something that frightens them, but do it with a group of people collectively. And then when you walk out of a workshop or when you walk off stage from an improv show, man, it's like you just did a workout for your brain. Your mind is in a different space. You feel different. Your energy is different. So it's, in my mind, one of the greatest exercises we can do for teams and individuals and just for our own mental state. It's such, it's like a drug. When you start doing it, you want more of it. I love that. There's so many things that you uh, said that I want to touch on. Uh, and, and I believe this, I, I think that when, I think anytime you get someone to go, ha, huh, even if it's just one ha huh, or lots of ha's, <laughs> right. That all like, that's, I think that's the, it, it's, it's, it might be the simplest form of agreement that there is an existence because it, at some level we're saying, yes, that's true, right? Yeah. And, like, and we, yes, we're both together in that. And, um, and that's so interesting, like the, uh, the idea of this being a bonding experience. Uh, I find that 
teams, usually there, there are a few things that, that bring teams together in a way that makes it to where you never, um, for you never, like, like you don't forget each other, your brothers and sisters forever. Yeah. And that is something you went through, you, you achieved a great accomplishment is one. You've gone through a great stress or a challenge or a trial together is another. So it's like your war buddies, if you were, you know, like, it's like, those are people you, that you always see at a different level and it lets them into these deeper parts of your heart. And I, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking that in the beginning when you think improv, normally you're thinking like, oh, that's one person on a stage doing something, but this is really, this is an inclusive thing. Um, I used to do something when I was, when I would in person train large uh, sales groups and it was, it was stolen probably, you know, from, from your people. And it's the yes. And mm -hmm. uh, instead of the yes, but those are two different energies. Can you tell us about that? Oh my gosh. Yes. It's the heart of everything we do. And, um, so yes, and is all about suspending judgment. It means, yes, I hear you. And I'm not going to say no to your idea. I'm going to hear what you've said. Essentially, I'm saying thank you for sharing your idea. And then I'm going to add something to it. So a yes, but we say is like a no dressed up in a fancy little tuxedo with a bow tie. <laughs> it's a yes, I hear you, but... And so when you can collectively get individuals to within a team to yes and each other, to have communication where every single person's idea is heard and then they feel valued for sharing that idea, oh man, that is where magic happens. Because when people feel heard, that's when they want to continue to keep showing up and doing great work. And when that happens, obviously productivity rises. And when productivity rises, then organizations and people thrive. So a lot of people get confused by this concept because they think yes and means I have to say yes all the time. Like, how can I not say no? That is not what the rule means. It you Yes and is the way to teach you to understand this concept. What yes and means is instead of using the word no, find a way to redirect that no so that other people still feel valued for adding something to the conversation. So for example, if Donnie, I came to you and I said, hey, I have this great idea. I can't wait to do this. Uh, I'm going to present to you this holiday party that I would love to do virtually this year. You're my manager. And you're, you say to me, no, we don't have budget and nobody wants to do anything virtually am I going to want to come to you again with an idea? You're probably going to be, you know, I'm probably going to feel stifled and like, man, Donnie doesn't want to hear what I have to say. So if I did the same thing and said the exact same thing to you and you said to me, Erin, you know what? That's cool. I'm so grateful you thought of something. We don't have a budget this year, but I'd still love to hear what you have to share. And maybe we can come up with something within the realm that is, is something we can do for free. Let's hear it. I'm still feeling grateful for coming up for the idea. I'm still feeling heard. And I'm probably going to keep sharing ideas with you because you're taking the time to listen. That's you, yes and. I, I love that. Do you feel like that takes practice? Uh, I have a, I've worked with a lot of leaders and, and I would, people cannot be influenced when they feel like they have to put their guard up. Yeah. Kind of what yes and does, but <clears throat> for, for people who are used to being like the yes, but person, how do they change? How do they turn? How quickly can they turn? Because like, 
a lot of times people will say things and it, it just doesn't feel like, like it feels disingenuous. Like they're saying that in their mind, they're like, no, you need to do this. What's wrong with you, you idiot. Like they, they're, that's kind of flashing in their brain. And so then they're like, yes, I'm so happy that you, and we really need to do this. Like, it's almost like this thing that feels like not conformed to who they are. How do we, how did, how would you speak to someone like that? Who's maybe used to being hardline, solve the problem and get people out and push them on. How can that person be rehabilitated so that. Oh, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. Yeah. Well, you get where I'm going. Yeah. Go hit me. Yeah. So I know a lot of leaders who struggle with this too, and it takes practice. I mean, this is not something, if that is your go-to, this is not something that is going to be changed in one, two hour workshop. It takes taking that fundamental and really applying it and putting into motion every day. Um, a client of ours, American Marketing Association actually adopted this rule and put it into their core values because of the work we've done with them. And what I, you know, to me, I think personally just making it top of mind and they actually have little cards that they put on their desk so that they are reminded to postpone judgment and meetings and conversations. For me specifically, and for the people I know who struggle with this, it is a thing that will be continuous practice. In my internal team meetings, we say, we start off every meeting with, hey, we're gonna change some stuff because change is hard for a lot of people. This is yes and. And so putting it out there at the top of every meeting, having like a yes and officer, if you will, for your team, once you understand the principle and you've learned it together as a group, having somebody in charge of saying, guys, we're going to yes and this. So we need to come up with a redirection here. This is going to be difficult. So we're going to do a yes and brainstorm. You cannot say no to other people's ideas. Making that top of mind before you even sit down to have conversations is so important because otherwise we go back to what we're used to. And it's helpful for teams. It's helpful for families. I mean, my husband is so funny because sometimes he'll say, you know, you can yes and everybody, but you're no because of me. <laughs> and so <laughs> you got to you gotta call it out when it happens. And we do that on our team. Somebody is not, if, so, if we're not vibing and sharing ideas appropriately, we'll say, guys, come on, yes and, yes and. And it really does just put you in that space of, okay, I'm going to postpone judgment. I want people to share their ideas. I may not agree with them, but we're going to get somewhere together because we're using this philosophy. Yeah, and not to, not to stay here for too long, but I, there are a lot, there are just so many leaders that, that, that are here and they want to be there. Mm -hmm. but there's, there's like this middle thing. Like, what do you find? What are the main resistances that you find with leaders adopting going from yes, but, and, you know, getting it done and, and figured out and moving to a yes. And, and this maybe, is there a compromise or like, yeah. So what are the greatest barriers you find? Yeah. Great question. I will say a lot of times it's removing rank. I think with webbed man once said with great power comes great responsibility. Yes. So uh, I think that a lot of times people get the Spider-Man complex where they're like, you know, I am, I'm CEO. I am the call. I'm the decision maker, decision maker here. I'm going to make up all the rules and make all the decisions. And that's ego. That's an ego at play. I think that's a huge barrier is ego. 
And what happens, and we actually do a wonderful activity that demonstrates this, which we so gracefully titled, Inspire, Don't Perspire. Uh, but what we do is we remove rank. We don't allow people to have rank. And when you don't allow rank to play into conversations, obviously we know who's still an intern, who's still the CEO. But when everyone collectively is sharing an idea, what happens is when you reach your goal, when whatever shared collective idea was brainstormed and the goal was reached, you're all celebrating that success versus if the CEO came up with the idea and nobody else got on board and nobody else contributed to sharing in that process and it was just a dictatorship, who's celebrating? Mr. CEO, Mrs. CEO, nobody else. So they're just like, okay, well, we did that. What's next? However, if you involve everyone in the process, you can share in that celebration and in that shared success. And then that motivates you to want to do more things to create that vibe again. So I just, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm like, I feel like I'm preaching to you, Johnny. I'm like, yeah, but, <laughs> but it's so true that like, it's, it's the ego. This is the biggest challenge is letting it go. And, you know, I just, to me, the best, what, what is the best thing about my seat in all of this is that the people I get to work with, our clients are wonderful human beings. And usually if they're reaching out to us, they care about their team more than they care about themselves. So, you know, it's really interesting to see that dynamic. I, I feel really fortunate and I can almost always know when I'm walking to a situation where ego's at play and it's really challenging for the participants to engage when yeah. ego's at play. Interesting. Uh, by the way, if you see me looking down, I'm, I'm taking notes. I love it. Uh, that's, no. That's what we're, that's what we're about. Uh, it, it's interesting. And, and by the way, um, quick pause and plug for for some stuff that's going on out there. I've actually, um, like what you're saying, I believe is, is valid to the sales process. Uh, I have created an online experience and a group experience for people who want that. So you can go to gosellanywhere.com and you'll find uh, just all of this stuff prepared for you that will help you to uh, make prospecting an act of love and not an act of war. And so, um, but one of the things that, that I would say, Aaron, that's in this is that people are going to believe like these dictators, the people who are leading from this place of do this, mm -hmm. they think they're heard, but the only person that really owns what you said is it's, it's mm -hmm. person, right. Because you, but and you think just because you said it, people, people will do it. And Oh God, I'm thinking about myself with my kids now. Cause I really, <laughs> okay. Uh, it's time for me to eat my own medicine a little no, bit. No, no. Parenting is different yeah let's say but but uh, people believe 20 percent of what you tell them and they believe 80 percent of what they tell themselves and and if we're actually if we're saying it it's one thing but if it's coming from others and it's a part of this other this they're they're a part of the expression they're going to own it and yeah. because they own it they're much more likely to actually put action effort and energy towards it and so like i just i just want to i, I want to drive home the importance of that of, of the ego and surrendering and, and involving the group you have to have a shared goal or else you're always going to feel like you're dragging people along with you instead of uh, moving love that yes agreed 
Yeah, take me to laugh break. This is okay. This is something I do, you know, like doing a little sleuthing on your on your LinkedIn, um, featured in Forbes. You like this is like in this whole Zoom era that we're in. You found a way to kind of like just throw some some f bombs at people, and we'll talk about the f bombs. F being fun, um, and so you're you're dropping fun bombs in in the laugh break. Can you can you tell us about that? Oh my God, I love that. I'm dropping it. Bombs. Yeah, I totally can. Um, I just that is that amazing. Now, by the way. Yeah, but go ahead. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, okay. So, essentially, in 2020, March of 2020, we were crushing it in person, business, traveling everywhere. I've got myself and an internal team of five people. I have 25 facilitators who are all improv professionals. They've been on all the great stages and they've also had professional jobs in corporate America. So they have to see the marriage of improv as well as corporate. So, I mean, I have some of the best people in the world as our facilitators. I'm so, so grateful for them. And when March happened, we thought we were done. I mean, as a business collectively, we thought, okay, it's going to be a couple months. We're not going to have any revenue because we can't do our work. So we quickly got to work, used that yes and mindset. I'll tell you there were some challenges because we didn't know what the heck we were doing, but we moved everything virtually. So all of our in-person offerings, which were workshops, we moved online. Through this period, I lived on Zoom. I mean, I call myself a zombie, a zoom zombie. I show up from the pits up every day. That's our pit up. Huh. I just, you know, that's a Miss Maisel plug if you're a fan. Uh, and then, I mean, it was just like, I'm living on zoom. My team and I are on zoom and everyone's on zoom. So I was like, how can we make this more fun? And then on top of that, I have 25 hilarious people who are used to performing almost every night of the week. I mean, these people are like on the best stages in Chicago. And I thought, wow, we're not going to get back to normal anytime soon. And guess what? When they go back to normal, one of the major stages in Chicago recently closed and another one is getting sold. So there's just like a whole uproar. So we don't really know where they're going to be able to perform. So I saw this group of people who are really talented sitting at home. And I saw this other group of people in corporate America living on Zoom. And I said, let's become Zoom crashers and let's do some virtual improv. So we did some, we got our yes and hats on, jumped on Zoom, figured out ways to make improv actually work on Zoom. And we wanted it to be one of the easiest things that you could do to book. So you can book it literally through website. Normally to work with us in a workshop, it takes several phone calls. We, you know, it's a lot of touch because it's, there's a lot of moving parts, but this literally you go on, you can book it through our site on Calendly book, pay 15 to 30 minute spots. So there's 15, 20, 25 and 30 minute spots. And you literally tell us a cute few little inside jokes about your team. Who's on the meeting. We'll send you a zoom link through it, or you can give us your, and we will jump on and have some fun with your team. And sometimes people tell their teams we're coming. Other times we just show up and they're like, look who's here. Uh, those are my favorite, the surprise. And we use the chat boxes for the ha ha ha's, he he he's, LOLs. And we have about 15 of our performers now doing this. And we probably do quite a few a week. Um, so give us an example. Like if, if someone were to book you 
um, into this. And um, like, are, is this like the, is this the Zoom version of photo bombing? Like what's like, <laughs> what might I experience if you, if you showed up and, and uh, like, what, like give me, you know, without yeah. revealing the act or whatever, like maybe share some, some of what happens. Yeah. Well, the fun thing is it can never, the, one laugh break can never be recreated, but we do do the same activity. So if you're familiar with whose line is it anyway, we use short form improv. So it's like little short games that we do. And it depends on the amount of times they're anywhere between three to five games. And in these sessions, um, we involve participants. So we use suggestions from the chat box to incorporate them into our scenes. So I don't want to give away the game because whose line is it anyway on your zoom meeting on your that, zoom that meeting. Basically what we're saying? that's it yep and there's four there's a host and three improvisers and oh it goes so fast and it's so fun and our goal is we were when the world stopped we said what can we add to it and we knew that that was positivity laughter and levity and that is exactly what a laugh break is it's just what you need to give you some endorphins to get your team. It's a team building activity using laughter, essentially. So Helps with mental health as well. Yeah, and, and I, I love, and I want you to slow down and say that again, the, the, because you said when the world stopped, you asked, what can we add to it? And by the way, those of you who know me, you've been around, like you know that I believe that your ultimate gift to this world, like your place of productivity comes, to the, comes from the place of like, what can I add to others? How can I, how can I be a blessing with the gifts that I have? How can I help others move things forward? And that's what you guys did. But I want to hear your answer because when you said, when the world stopped, uh, we asked, what can we add to it? And what was, what was that answer again? You said something through levity. What was Yeah, we, well, we knew we could add laughter, positivity, and levity. And that's, that is what we do. And at the end of every laugh break, I'll spoil something here. We ask participants, if they enjoyed the experience, our only ask is that they pay a smile forward today. So how can, if, if you got something positive out of this, how can you pay it forward to somebody else? And then we get offline and we usually text each other afterwards, high five each other. And it's, it's just so funny because we really do miss performing and it's, it's a great way to, to reconnect with the team too, selfishly on my end. I love it. It's very, it makes my day every day. Yeah. Yeah, Erin, um, I've read a lot of different things about um, what's called expendable effort. And um, meaning like there's like, there's the amount that we're asked to give and in, in the place of work. And then there's like the amount that's left over past that. And most places do a really bad job at getting like the extra effort, the expendable effort. Um, and a lot of people look at their, the, the people that are working with them and they're like, there's something wrong with them. They won't work hard. There's like, they only do the minimum. And, um, but, but there's, there's a place where we as leaders can actually invite, unite and bring other people into the place where we're actually getting their heart, not just their actions. And when we have their heart, we have the heart of people where we become really an organism that's moving rather than just an organization that's, that's, that's stagnant. But I, I wanna know like why fun? What, is, what does fun do? And so again, like the F word, and I think people need to F their business up 
And, um, and this is like, how, how can, like, why is fun important? What's the, what's the magic of that? Mm. Man, I love this. I want to, I want to steal this F-bomb thing. I'm loving this. This makes me laugh every time. See, you're making me smile, which is fun. Um, I, oh, so many ideas around this, but I'll say number one, we spend more time at work than we spend each week with our families. If you go to work and you don't like who and what you're doing, change it because life is too freaking short to not have fun. Yes, Period. today. <laughs> if you can't see yourself doing it in five years, stop doing it today, yes. Yes, and I, you know, personal story. I got a good friend of mine right now who's going, she is a mother of, um, I don't want to say her name. I'm not going to say her name. I'm not going to call her out here, but she's a mother. And she has been working at this job for the past few years and it is taking up her nights, her weekends. And she is just angry at this job. And hmm. it's not going to change if you get your weekends back. We just had a conversation yesterday. I said, you need to you are doing a disservice to your mental health and to your family by staying at this job because you're not having fun. And I'll also say this, I stayed at a job before Improve It. I was in business development at a recruiting firm for six years. Did I ever think that's what I would do with my life? No. However, my manager who was is still a dear friend of mine today made work so fun for me. I mean, literally we prayed we played pranks on people in our building. We prank called people. We would dress up and go to clients' witches for Halloween and we'd bring them witches brew, which was a beer. I mean, we she made it so fun for me that I did not want to leave. And then when I created mm -hmm. Improve It, she was the one who helped me sell it to my first client, which was United Airlines, by the way. She helped me do that. And then she helped me learn to network. And so... My point is, I would have never stayed in that job because I didn't really love the job. I stayed because my manager, the person who I worked for, made it so fun for me. And I will I will toot her praises all day long. Um, so I think that's something to be said, too. It, you can like what you're doing, but also as leaders, it is so important to make work fun for your employees. Oh man, because people don't leave jobs. They leave managers, to be honest. And I think yes. my my friend who I'm talking about, she also isn't vibing with her manager. So I think that's a twofold. Like, let's cut the cord, let's go. And for me, it was all about my manager. I loved her and I still love her so much, but she made me enjoy coming to work every day. And it's, it's just so important. It's so important to have F-bombs, you know? <laughs> yeah. We need, we need to bring them into work, not, not yeah. move them, not stop censoring the F-bombs. And so uh, it's interesting. You said a few things and I want to, I want to touch on this right now because there are a lot of people who are listening to this that um, they're in the place where you were at. They're in the place where I've, I've been at, where you're angry at your job. And I'm going to tell you right now, whether it feels good or not, it is optional. That's it. You are choosing what you're doing. And um, so you can't blame your boss for you, for you working here. Um, you can't, 
what you're doing is optional. No, it's not. I got to pay my bills. Well, you know, there are a whole lot more, so many opportunities out there for you. Yep. If you will, if you will open your eyes, if you will look at your gifts and if you find an irritant, it's to drive you towards something. It's yep. not, it's not to keep you there. So if you're angry at your job, either there's one of two things, go find something else yesterday. Yep. Uh, build something else right now, today, take a sliver and, and start building your own kingdom. Or you might want to take an internal look in, 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 I find Aaron that oftentimes that we, we will project the things that we can't do onto someone else, but we're the ones telling ourselves that we can't do it through the yeah. image of our boss. Yeah. Well, she's 100%. just saying no. Yeah. And I've, uh, I've, I've lived in that land. And so, but I'm just like, I just want to, I want to hit on that and just say, guys, it is optional. Whatever you're doing right now, you've chosen, you chose it at some point, you can choose something else. It's optional. Yes. And even in this pandemic, I think people are afraid. Well, can I, can I riff on this for a minute, Donnie? Because I, you just made me think of something and I, I'm sorry if you have a question, but I, I really got to say this because I'm just like, um, I think a lot of people are reassessing their lives in, in this year. I think this was a year of pause, a year of what are my priorities. I made a move across the country. My family did because of 2020. Like this was, you know, a life-changing year for me. A lot of it sucked. A lot of it has some happy endings, right? And so my biggest piece of like, please do this advice <laughs> is there are people hiring in 2020. I think a lot of people who are stuck in these jobs are doing themselves a disservice by staying in it because they think there aren't people hiring that we're in a pandemic, the economy is going to be slow. The answer is absolutely not. I have so many companies that I work with right now looking for talent, finding top talent. There's so much talent out there, but you will find another role and it will work out for you if you believe that it will. You have to believe. Yeah, so. we, we, we definitely, if you cannot function from a place of scarcity, even though it might feel like that. Yeah. If that's where you're at, you know, that's why you're probably holding on and you think it can't be any better. And it's the same with relationships of any kind. Yeah. Right? When you think that you don't deserve better, you can't have better, you'll stay with good enough. And I'm telling you, good enough is not an inspiring life. It's not something that's going to make you feel you know, this is, that's why I think that even your message, the message of fun, I feel is, is so important. And I like, I like, you made me think about, um, you made me think about school when you were talking about that and in, in your, with your boss, the boss that made you have fun doing something that you didn't really love doing, but it's like the boss is like, and how would like, the best teachers are the ones that are able to captivate and create fun and excitement and intrigue in their people. You can do this as a boss. You can do this as a leader. You can do this in sales and you can, you can do it. I, I love the fact that, that you've taken it and transformed this from an in-person event into something that can be done at a distance, which a lot of people are having issues with right now, which is why I created the sell anywhere class. It's on gosellanywhere.com. You can go find it there, but um I, I really I really believe that we're, we, we, we produce, we have more profit when we're connected to our purpose. Yeah. And some people, um, we really, it's good. Like some, sometimes we're doing like the thing that we were made to do and we find purpose in that. We can find purpose in who we do it for or we can find purpose in how we do it. 
And the fact that you're the, again, just like that, that boss that was able to, to bring you in and, and, and then launch, help you to launch in other areas. Like to me, that is the image of what we all should be trying to do mm-hmm. in, in helping others to find not just their why, you know, I love Simon Sinek, but maybe, maybe the how is equally as important. I believe in that a hundred percent. And I love what you said too, when you are connected to your purpose, that's when profit comes. And I could not agree more with that. I think people smell another F word fraud. Like people feel <laughs> like when you're not being your true self. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think when we are living in a, like, for example, I know my strengths. I know I have the gift of gab and I know that fun is like a part of my DNA. If you ask me to put together a desk from Wayfair, I'm talking because I just moved or a lamp. I had a lamp arrive last night. I started putting it together. My husband's like, why? Why did you do this? Why? Because I'm just not, I am not wired that way. I cannot read directions very well. I do not build things with my hands. But if you want to have a glass of wine or coffee and talk, I mean, literally I could do it for hours. So I, it's just so funny. If I was to be a, a, if the name of my company was improve it and I was repairing furniture, we would be out of business. I mean, people would smell a skunk seven miles away. Like So so home improvement is not going to be launched in 2021. Exactly. It is improve it, which is (laughs) and play on words improv, but it is. Yeah. I think so important to, to love what you're doing and who you're doing it for. And if, even if it's, you know, you're okay with the company you're working for, great. They do something that adds value to the world, but you're not in love with it. Be in love with their core values, be in love with their mission and love the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Because if you don't believe in those three things, again, no point. (laughs) This is so good. What do you, what do you think? Um, what do you think, Aaron, about someone, let's just say they try to be fun, but they're not like, you know, like yeah. I've tried, but I'm not. Um, I sometimes will have people uh, almost like basically hire that out, outsource it into a, a, a CFO, right? A chief fun officer or a CEO, a chief experience officer, someone that actually can bring that, that, that into, um, right into your business. So do you find that that's something that if you have tried and you just, it, it's hard for you. Do you find like it's valuable to go out and, and to bring that in from others or like, what have, what have you seen and done? I don't know if you've seen things done in that world, but. You just gave me a new business idea. I really like that. Hey, <laughs> business together. I'm forming. Yeah. Right now. Yes. I love it. I'm like outsource CFOs kind of like this, this concept. Um, so what, so, okay, sorry. I was really intrigued by that. You know, the question is what, if you're not fun, how do you outsource fun? Mm-hmm. Is that the question? Okay. Correct. I have actually never thought of this. <laughs> Call and prove it. Um, oh, no, okay. I, there it is. There's your answer. No, I will say, I'm trying to think of the least fun person I know. Everybody I know is pretty fun. You know, I don't know the, this is a stumper for me, Donnie, because a lot of people I seem to find who think they are not funny. Actually, I just thought of somebody, man, I love this girl. 
she constantly tells me she is not funny. She's like, Erin, I'm not funny. And she's actually became one of my dearest friends. She is in sales actually. So very, she's a sales leader. She leads a group of a hundred sales professionals regionally and now nationally. And it's a pretty big organization in hospitality. So she's in hospitality. So she's got to have some networking skills, but she, her number one thing to me is, Erin, I'm not funny. I'm not fun. I'm trying to try to make this fun. I'm trying to do this. She's hired and proven a couple of times. The funny is that she thinks she's not funny. So I actually think that people who find that they are not fun or they don't like fun are actually, that's the funny <laughs> is that <laughs> you, you are by to saying that, I think you, I think people who are serious or take life really seriously just need a fun friend. And I have to be honest, I think that there's some friends of mine that I'm like that crazy wacky friend to them and and that's okay. I have a friend of mine from high school that she's a she's a dermatologist and she That sounds fun. Right, right? Yeah. But, but right, but she has literally been straight path whole life and I have always been her wild, crazy friend who she and I are still best friends. But I think that people outsource that in friendships because they need that person to bring some levity to their life. And I think it's shock value to them is everything. I think they just need it. They just need a, a per, like a friend. You just need a friend or professionally yeah. hire and prove it. There you go. Yeah. 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 And the, and the, and the people who are uh, the super fun uh, people, all of that, they, they need people who have order and structure in their lives, right. To be able to add to them. So this is, this has been so much fun. I think that we're going to have to do this again. We are the same people and um, you know, we're, we're, we're definitely going to, we're going to, we're going to bring it home here, uh, Aaron. And I want to know like, if there's any uh, books, websites, any place where people can find you, obviously LinkedIn is a is a great place and that's Aaron Deal, which I'm, you're gonna have to spell it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little different than um, I'm gonna mess it up if I did it. Uh, where can we find you? What have you got? Like well, all of those things, how can we interact with you more? Because, you know, if someone is like, if you're flipping their switches, we need to give them a, a place to do that. And then um, if there's anything that, that, any just final thoughts that you would, you would give to us just in terms of the value of any of this stuff, any just final bullets you want to fire at us, I want you to hit us with it. Mm, here they come, firing at you, Donnie. All right, so you can find me, Aaron Deal, D-I-E-H-L, on LinkedIn. My Instagram handle, personally, is keeping it, keeping I-N, it real deal, D-I-E-H-L. Uh, and then learn to improve it is our is our website so learn to improve it.com that's to and that's also our social handles at learn to improve it and then i also have a podcast donnie called it's an f word it's called failed it Ooh. the failed it podcast so we interview actors comedians entrepreneurs people in corporate america about their success stories and then instead of hearing the success we flip it and we want to hear how it sucked and we want to hear how they embraced it and how they overcame it. So it's been a really fun journey. We started that in 2020. Failed at podcasts anywhere you listen to podcasts. Final words. I would say allow these F words. I'm loving this F bomb thing. I'm just like playing with this in my head. Okay. Allow these F words 
to really resonate with you, have fun with failure and allow yourself to try new things. Allow yourself to fail. Quit that job if you don't like that job. Stop doing the things you don't want to do and have fun doing the things that you enjoy doing. And if you fail and stink along the way, get back up, try again, because it's all part of the process. That's what improv is. And that's how we do every single scene. And that's the scene of life. Love it. Nailed it. Aaron, the real deal. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And for those of you who are still here, listen, how you do anything is how you do everything. And if you can sell anywhere, you can sell everywhere. Go out there and do it. Lead anywhere, sell anywhere, and uh, hit her up, find her, and connect with her. This is, this is important stuff. Thanks, Donnie. Thanks for coming. <laughs>